What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Brain Purge. It's your host, Donovan. Thanks for joining me here on the show tonight. I uh, had a little bit of technical difficulty. It wasn't the song I meant to play, <laughs> but I don't know. It's okay. Um, sorry if I uh, 
fucked up there for a minute. Um, anyway, welcome to the show. This is Tuesday, 11, 17 p.m. here in Dallas, Texas. Don't know where you are, but uh, wherever you are, thanks for listening. It is, what is today's date actually? Today's February 18th, Tuesday, February 18th. Uh, 2014, 11, 17 PM. So, um, thanks for listening to the show. We're doing brain purge tonight. So I'm just talking about whatever comes to mind. By the way, if you want to find out more about me, you can go to offlimitsshow.com. The best place to go is offlimitsshow.com. You can read my blogs there. I read, I write blogs there that aren't actually part of the show. Say things on there that aren't always part of the show as well. You can always listen to the show, the off limits show portion of our show on, um, iHeartRadio, uh, all of the shows, uh, Brain Purge, Off Limits Show, um, Gay Mass, uh, Acoustic Mass, all the shows that I do, you can listen to any of those on speaker.com. Just search for Off Limits Show, um, as well as, of course, as I said, on our website and iTunes. So be sure to check me out wherever I am. I'm happy to hear you or have you hear me. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Um, by the way, if you ever want to have a, if you have a question for me, you want advice on something, feel free to call 214-377-0481. And I am uh, happy to uh, listen to what your question or your advice question may be. And I'm happy to um, answer it on the air for you, as well as play your question on the air as well, if you don't mind hearing your voice live. Um, So be sure to do that. You can also call using Skype uh, Off Limits Show and leave a message that way if you prefer. So whatever you are most comfortable with. I'm happy to answer any questions about anything. So whether they're about me or whether they're about uh, the show or politics, gay stuff, religion, uh, tarot card reading questions, whatever you want to ask me, I'm happy to respond. So you can also tweet me on Twitter at off limits show. And I'm also on Facebook, uh, off limits show, uh, or off limits radio, one of the two on there. So, and also remember there is a difference between my Facebook page, which is just the page. And then there's the one that's my account, which I use to control the page. So the page has about 900 people on there. Um, and the, um, the actual, just my account, it's just, you know, friends on there or whatever. So, um, be sure to like the page off limit show page, as well as, uh, add me as a friend if you want. So thanks for listening. One second. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So anyway, I had some things I wanted to purge off my brain tonight. First, I wanted to start with looking the show, looking, as you all know, I've been watching the show looking and, um, I like it a lot. And this episode this week was really, really good and um, really elevated the show even further in my mind because it focused completely on, usually it's an ensemble cast, but this episode focused completely on um, the main character and his new boyfriend. And uh, it it was very much like it is when you were dating. I remember when I was single and and dating and found somebody I liked and you you wanted to spend all your time together and you wanted to the fuck all the time, <laughs> have sex or whatever. And you just wanted to uh, be with that person all the time. And you didn't want to go to work or anything. And it was just like, it was just the two of you in your own little world. And that's exactly what this depicted. And it was great because as I said, the entire episode was literally just the two of them. Well, not literally, but um, the two of them and uh, no other cast members. And um, it was very sweet and uh, they were discovering each other and finding out more about each other and what their likes and dislikes were. So I liked it a lot. So if you haven't seen that episode, definitely check it out. It was definitely worth a watch. And um, that's why I like this show because it, it is realistic. Even the sex was realistic the way they had sex. And this was the most explicit sex scene in the show so far. 
Um, but it was realistic. It wasn't like contrived or just done to have sex or like be all hot or whatever. And it, it wasn't all that hot anyway. It was just like, like you have, you know, sex with anybody in the real world if you're a gay guy. And, um, he even dealt with some of the things that gay guys have to deal with in that, in the bedroom. So you'll see what I mean. If you see the, if you see the episode, so it was pretty, it was pretty good. I liked it. It was, it was entertaining. Uh, then, um, I also want to talk about a couple more things too on the show tonight. One of them is Christians about Christians are to blame for evil in the world. A lot of it. Um, and also about the gay discrimination bill in Kansas and life expectancy for gays, depending upon where you live. But first, before I talked about that, I wanted to, um, talk about something that, um, someone had told me yesterday, uh, a friend of mine told me yesterday and, uh, it was very sweet and touched me a great deal because it was very nice and it was completely out of the blue, but I, uh, it meant a lot to me having him say this to me because, uh, it really touched me a great deal and I felt very, um, I don't know, it was just very sweet of him to say, and it made me feel like, you know, doing this show actually has some sort of meaning to some people who listen to the show. Um, and you know, sometimes I do the show and I do do the show just because I enjoy it, but you know, I always want to make a difference in someone's life to some degree if I can, but I wanted to read to you what he told me on Facebook yesterday. <clears throat> He's one of the listeners to my show. It has been for a while. And this is what he says. He says, I did want to thank you. Thank you for being there and helping me through things. I know I've never met you, but I seriously consider you a best friend and a better friend than anyone I know here. Your show helped me and my husband, and it's obviously still helping people. You have touched my life, our life, and through and through uh, is through uh, through it, you've touched so many more. With the love you show to strangers, and the compassion you show to the, to the outcasts, you are filled with more love and, quote, Christ-like characteristics than any religious Christian that I know. I can never repay the gift you've given me. I am so thankful for you and to know you. Thank you so much. So that I mean, made me cry because, <laughs> you know, I'm a big sap. And it touched me a great deal um, because everybody wants to be appreciated and everybody wants to be to know that someone appreciates what they do whether it's a hobby like this is, or it's their career or, or just being themselves. And <clears throat> this show is a culmination of who I am as a person, as well as, um, you know, entertainment, I guess, to some degree, but, you know, I've always done this show because I, I, I speak out against injustice and against, um, against bigotry and against homophobia and all of those things. And, uh, I've always been that way. And it's just a, a function of who I'm, what I am. Um, so it was very, very touching to have heard him say that to me. It was very, very nice and sweet and kind. And I, I really, really was touched by it. And I hope that I have helped you, those of you listening, if you uh, feel the same way or something along the same lines, and you feel that you listen to this show because you find solace in it and you find some sort of, um, comfort in, in, in knowing you're not alone out there. If you're someone who's gay and maybe you live in the middle of nowhere or, uh, you're in the closet or you're someone who hasn't come to terms with being gay or whatever the case may be, if you're feeling alone, know that you're not. And that, you know, I'm here for you to listen to your problems. If you want to give them to me, if you want to share them with me, I'm happy to hear, listen and hear them. And even if you don't, I'm here to tell you why it's important to stay strong. So I hope that you 
um, feel that you get something out of the show as well as he did. And I really wanted to say thank you to him for that. I didn't want to read his name cause I didn't know if he wanted me to read it. So I'm not reading it, but anyway, um, so that's that moving on. Um, so I want to talk about the thing about Christians. So, you know, people have, you know, I've talked about Christians a lot on the show, of course, and I was raised as such. I was raised Christian. Um, and Christians are, hold on a second. Sorry. <laughs> Christians are um, quite uh, diverse, just like any other group or community. There's a bunch of many different types of Christians, as there are many types of gay people or black people or Hispanic people or white people or whatever, or women or men or whatever. I mean, you can't just lump them all together and say they're all exactly the same. However, um, you know, I have a lot of people who, friends and family that are Christian and that are, some of them are devoutly so. And I find that to be fine as long as, you know, you don't tell me what to do with my life and who I should be. Unfortunately, a great deal of Christians find it their duty to proselytize and to spread the word of Jesus Christ and blah, 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 and all that bullshit. And so they, um, they don't mind their manners and they don't, they don't, um, they don't mind going around and, and getting in people's faces to spread the word, as they say, because they feel justified in it, even if it's rude behavior, or if it's even if it's rude behavior, or if it's um, unkind, unkind, or or um, belittling, or any of that stuff, they do it anyway. Some of them, and it's these questions I'm talking about tonight, um, because we find that unfortunately the number of Christians in the world is is large. And the reason I say it's unfortunate is because the Christian community has become a mob, has become a mob men mentality. They have infiltrated the federal government here in the United States. Um, they've infiltrated uh, the laws of the states, the school systems, etc. And as you well know, the government, what's the, what is the saying? The saying is, you know, it's separation of church and state. And to them, there is no, um, nothing sacrosanct about that. To them, they feel that they are justified a hundred percent in doing what they do and that they are right and everyone else is wrong, that they are the children of God or that they are somehow doing God's work and therefore justified in any means to an end that they may take upon themselves. That becomes something very dangerous because people like that are very dangerous people because they will blow people up as they do abortion clinics. Occasionally they'll kill people. They'll gay bash people. They'll kill gay people because they don't like gays. It isn't, isn't in line with what they believe or whatever. They'll kill black people if they if they're one of those Christians who believes that they should still be slaves, and so on and so forth. So it isn't uh, a good thing that these people exist uh, in their form because they have been the root of much evil in this world. Um, even for example, recently um, the uh, uh, Russia you know Russia has a very well known gay propaganda law. Um, and that, of course, has led to a great deal of hostility towards gay people in that country. And, um, you know, that's why we had the whole issue with the Sochi Olympics this year there. 
and you know, not knowing exactly what was going to happen to the gay, the gay um, athletes and people there. So, um, the thing, and of course, we have the Ugandan president who announced that he plans to sign into law uh, a bill that would make homosexuality a crime um, that would equal a life sentence in jail. Uh, and then, of course, the Kansas House passed a bill that would be made that would that would have made it legal for citizens uh, uh, to discriminate against gay people. There, um, fortunately, that was not the case. It did not pass, but it was something that was introduced as a bill. Um, and so, the common thread among all these things is um, that you know this, these examples of global oppression of our community is Christian complicity. So Christians are complicit in trying to essentially annihilate gay people, these Christians specifically. And we're talking about entire um, institutions of Christian Christianity in, ter- in terms of churches, in terms of wings of churches, in terms of, um, of pastors, priests, uh, and just holy rollers and Bible thumpers, of course, as well. People who just go to church every day. People who will take collection plates and take up... Um, take up donations to fight the evil gay people, how horrible they are, how despicable and disgusting they are, because that's what they believe. Now, if we all went by what people believe and not by what is proven to be true through science or through common human sense, <laughs> um, I think that we would be in a great deal of trouble. But for some reason, when it comes to Christianity or religion in in, gen, in general, people for some reason make exceptions for it and say, well, they're entitled to their beliefs. Yeah, we're all entitled to our beliefs, but we are not entitled to encumber someone else's life because of what someone else believes. We are not entitled to tell other people that they can or cannot be who and what they are because we don't agree with it. You know, I don't think that... Um, I don't think the fucking, um, Kim Kardashian should be on TV. I think she's a menace to society, but she's on TV. (laughs) I don't think Taylor Swift is all that talented. I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of things I don't think people should be doing or, or shouldn't be. I don't think that redneck should be able to live, um, among us because most of them are bigots and assholes, but it doesn't matter what I believe. What matters is what's right and what's not. And I do not believe that um you know that being gay is is evil because i know it isn't because i know every gay person in the world is not an evil person um and so it doesn't really matter what we believe what matters is what's right and that's why we have the law and the law is there to protect us dispassionate of um of emotion dispassionate of of belief systems and that's why we have separation of church and state um, but Christianity has, you know, because there are so many people who are Christian in this country that uh, subscribe to the Christian faith, and some of them are devoutly so, or evangelicals. And those people, even if they're in higher up positions in government, are supposed to separate their personal beliefs from their actual, uh, the actual law, what's right for law or whatever. Anyway, I'm getting off the point, but the point is that we have all of these bills around the world. In Uganda, kill the gays bill. We have the, the Russian gay propaganda bill. 
Um, we have um, bills all over the world, Somalia and other places um, in other countries as well that are completely anti-gay, even in, in Ireland as well. So, and of course in America. And all of these are pretty much the root of all of them is Christianity is the um, is the main cause for this belief system. So most people, if you ask them, if they don't like gay people, if they ask them almost every time, I'd say 99% of the time, they're going to say, oh, because it's wrong, because God says this, or God says that, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, that's what I believe, because da, 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 whatever. And so that's typically the answer. So what is the cause? What is the root evil in all this hatred towards gay people? It's Christianity. It is Christianity. And a lot of Christians will say, well, not all Christians are like that. Well, no, not all Christians are like that. However, if I were a member of a group that had a really bad publicity problem, I think I would try my hardest to change the perception. And I would try my hardest to make the other people in my group realize how people are perceiving me and how my actions are harming other people. And therefore that's why they hate us so much. You know, it's easy to say I'm a Christian, but I'm not like those Christians, but you can't say you're part of a group, but only when, you know, it's people like you, I mean, then why be part of the group at all? You know, it's, that's like saying I'm a, I'm a liberal, but I'm only a liberal as long as the person in office is somebody I agree with or whatever, you know, it's just stupid. So you have to take responsibility for your Christian brothers and sisters if you are a Christian and they're going around and telling people that gays are evil and disgusting and trying to curtail our freedoms and our rights. You have to take responsibility for that, just like anybody else as part of a group would have to do. So you, you can't separate yourself. So yeah, there are Christians who may or may not believe that as well. However, it doesn't mean that you are absolved of any wrongdoing yourself if you're going to ascribe yourself to the same group. So that's how I see things. Um, and I don't really understand um, why most people are, um, uh, well, I guess I understand why, you know, when it comes to religion, because it is such a mind washing, excuse me, brainwashing, mind numbing um, thing, religion, all of it is that way. I mean, essentially, religion is there to indoctrinate you into a belief system. And, and in order to do that, you have to open your mind to be able to take in these things and accept them as truth, regardless of what it says half the time, which is why I don't, I'm not religious and I don't believe in it. Um, and so if you're a feeble-minded individual, you can believe these things regardless of what you yourself know to be true or possibly true, or that if something rings untrue to you, you just ignore it. Um, but instead of doing that, you have to question what you're told by people just because something is, you know, and it's funny to me, people always say, you know, oh, well, religion, if it's a religion that, for example, if Christianity is thousands of years old, right? Okay. Uh, and then Judaism is even older than that. It's like 5,000 years old or more. So, and then we have religions like, for example, Scientology, or we have religions like Mormonism, or we have religions like uh, Kabbalah. Although Kabbalah is really not new, but you know, I'll keep that out of it. Um, but we have these newer religions like Scientology and Mormonism that have only been around for the past hundred years or so, or less. And those religions are seemed or deemed to be what they're deemed to be kooky or crazy or, or out of this world stupid, because what Christian, I mean, what Mormons believe about how you know what happens to us when we die and how we got here and what. You know, Scientologists believe about how we're really descended from aliens and, and we all came born out of a volcano and all this other bullshit crap. And when we die, we go back to our own planet. Anyway, I mean, this stuff sounds ludicrous to us, right? 
Because it's like, why the fuck would we believe some ridiculous story made up by somebody who's been alive within the past hundred years? When in re- or so, when reality, it doesn't matter if something is a hundred years old, a religion is a hundred years old, or if it's five thousand years old. The stories are still just equally as stupid and ridiculous. <laughs> the stories, the stories are equally as stupid. So for some reason, people put a greater a greater um, authority on religions that are older, just because they're older doesn't make them any more true or any more um, correct or whatever. So it doesn't make them any better than a religion that was brought up yesterday. I could go off and create a religion myself and, and call it whatever the fuck I want. I call it Donovanism or whatever the fuck I want to call it and have its own set of dogma and its own set of tenets and, and things you have to do to achieve whatever it is you want to achieve in this particular religion. Um, so I could do the same thing and that religion wouldn't be any less valid than any religion that's been around for thousands of years because there are a multitude of religions in the world and many of them have been around for a very long time and some have not. And it doesn't matter which one you choose. They all have dogma. They all have some sense of, um, direction and what you need to do this in order to reach this or do this or be this or be with God or whatever the case is, live your life this way. If you don't live your life this way, you're going to hell. Or if you don't live your life this way, you're evil or blah, 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 whatever the case is. They all have some small part of that. Even Buddhism is that way to some small degree. So all of it has its own, um, dogma and none of it whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're Christian, whether you're Jude- Jewish, whether you're Muslim, uh, whether you're a Scientologist, or whether you made up a religion yesterday, it's all equally horseshit. And so for humanity to put its, its, uh, its what, what am I trying to say? For humanity to put its um, credence in something that was just made up, and to u- utilize that as a weapon towards other people who are different than you, to me, feels to be quite ridiculous and stupid. I mean, people who use their Bible against me, you know, first of all, it's funny because people will say things to me about their, you know, what they believe in the Bible, whatever the Bible says, this, the Bible says that. Yes, I know what the Bible says. I'm aware of what the Bible says because I've read the Bible from front to back twice in my life. I understand what the Bible says. I know what it says and I know what it means. And I interpret it in my own way as well. And that's the thing about it. It's all interpretation. But just because you use something against me because your words are in a book doesn't make them true. And so, unfortunately, Christians have become the oppressors in society these days, not just towards gay people, but towards many people. Anyone who's not conservative generally, anyone who is uh, not white Anglo-Saxon, heterosexual Protestant, you know, whatever, you know, and this goes for black people too. Black Christians are the same way. Black Christians generally hate gay people and just it's, think it's the most horrible thing you could ever be as gay. Um, and, and the white Christians are the Southern, the Southern ones specifically are just as bad. So it's not about race so much as it, as it is about them hating people different than they are, regardless of what it is, uh, or something that outside of what they're interpretation of the Bible says. So I do blame Christians for a great deal of the ills we have in this world today, the violence that we have, the wars that have been started as a result of religion, um, and of course the, the gay beatings and bashings, etc. And showing love for your neighbor, uh, as Jesus said, means stepping up and standing in solidarity 
with each other against these Christians. And the actual people that Jesus, Jesus Christ was supposed to have spawned are not the same people that he himself was around. And they have been um, poisoned by society's ills. They have been poisoned by thousands of years of lies and interpretations of multiple kings, queens, and popes uh, to tell them what to believe. If Jesus Christ himself were here today and he were walking around among us, he would be hanging out with the gays, not with the straights, and not with the corporate CEOs, and not with the Republicans. He'd be hanging out with the democratic, socialistic, <laughs> democratic, socialistic um, outcasts. And I'm happy to be one of those people because I understand what it means to be different. And I understand what it means to be Christ-like. And I'm not saying I'm like Christ or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is a Christian supposed to strive to be Christ-like, not to be satanic. Okay. And unfortunately, that seems to be the way they're going lately. Okay. I'm going to take a break, come back, and I'm going to talk about um, the gay discrimination bill in Kansas and life expectancy, this interesting study about gays and life, life expectancy. Be right back.
Okay, that's Casey Musgraves from Follow Your Arrow. Good album. You should get the whole one. The, the actual name of the album is um, Same Trailer, Different Park. <laughs> uh, anyway, I like country music, so it's a good song, too. I like all kinds of music, as you can tell. I played, first, I played a rap song or a hip-hop song, hip -hop song and now I played a country song. Anyway... So um, there is an article on uh, Huffington Post. I want to. It's like literally like three paragraphs long. I just want to read it real quick um, about how gay people in homophobic regions die younger than those in accepting communities. It says researchers of what's been deemed as the first study to look at the consequences of anti-gay prejudice for mor mortality have discovered that lesbian, gay, and bisexual people living in less open-minded communities have a shorter life expectancy. The Columbia University study, which was published online in the Social Science and Medicine Journal, found that lesbian, gay, and bisexual people in communities with high levels of anti-gay prejudice lived an average of 12 years less than their counterparts in more accepting environments. Our findings indicate that sexual minorities living in communities with higher levels of prejudice die sooner than sexual minorities living in low prejudice communities and that these effects are independent of established risk, fac risk factors of for mortality including household income education gender ethnicity and age as well as the average income and education level of residents in the communities where the respondents lived said the study's author mark hudson bueller an assistant professor of sociomedical sciences at columbia university's mailman School of Public Health is quoted in a press release to say. He added, in fact, our results for prejudice were comparable to life expectancy differences that have been observed between individuals with and without a high school education. The survey examined data over a decade-long period from 1998 to 2008. As the advocate and other publications have pointed out, many of the deaths in the survey were attributed to suicide and cardiovascular diseases in the high-prejudice communities. Meanwhile, LGBT people were also more prone to commit suicide at a younger average age, 37 and a half, than those in more welcoming communities, 55.7 age, while violent deaths were nearly three times more likely in more homophobic areas. So, as I've said many times to people listening to my show, <laughs> there is, um, if you live, you know, and I've got people, I know people and friends and family and, and people online I know that live in places that are gay. I mean, that live in places that are, um, that are very anti-gay, you know, some live in Alabama, some live in Georgia, some live in Florida, some, I mean, some live in the middle of the Ozark. So, I mean, depending on where you live, it does make a huge difference on your quality of life. So it makes absolute sense that if you live in a highly homophobic area in the world, or an area in which you feel highly uh, oppressed, then it is it does make plenty of sense that you would die younger than your counterparts who live in maybe a really open city like or bigger city even even if you live in Georgia maybe if you live in Atlanta versus in the middle of nowhere, or if you live in a new, upstate New York you live in New York City or if you live in uh, Bakersfield California you can move to Los Angeles or something so I, I'm just saying that that it does make sense to me that these things would be um, would be um, what the fuck we were think I'm sorry would be uh, related relatable so if you're uh, living in a place like that get the fuck out if you can get the fuck out and I tell everybody that I mean 
you know, I, I've lived in Texas all of my life, and Texas is not the most welcoming place, generally speaking. However, I live in a big city in Texas. Um, the biggest, uh, the biggest per capita, I think, not as big as Houston in terms of landmass, but I think it's bigger than Houston in terms of population, or maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, um, it's a very big city here in Texas. So, uh, Dallas and Houston are the two places I would live in, in the state. Of course, possibly Austin because it's much more liberal there. Um, but I would never live in the middle of freaking Nacogdoches or, uh, Colleen or Waco or, um, in the middle of Abilene or somewhere in the middle of bumfuck Egypt, Texas, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't do that because for that exact reason, I would be miserable. I would be miserable. At least here in Dallas, I have a community that I can help me, um, you know, friends and people that I know that can help me in business, that can help me in, in as friends that can just be there for me as a community, whether I know them or not. Um, and that, just having that makes a huge difference, I think, uh, than um, someone who doesn't. So anyway, I hope that people will uh, certainly move their fucking selves away. Um, if you live in a small town somewhere um, and you're gay and you're around people who are unwelcoming or unloving and don't like you because you're gay, I certainly say get the fuck out because you'll be much happier ultimately. And of course your family, your friends are there, et cetera. And that's always the hardest part is leaving your family and your friends, especially when you're young and that's all you really know and you don't really know that you can make it on your own, <clears throat> but I promise that you can make it on your own. You just need to actually uh, try and uh, you'll be happier in the long run. That's my advice anyway. Um, there was this uh, letter that was written by this uh, columnist <laughs> and he basically wrote, uh, he's basically wrote to all the to straight guys, you know, gay men just aren't that into you. And he was writing to them saying about how, um, you know, straight guys always think we gay guys want them or are into them or whatever. And, you know, I run into this a few times in my life and it, sometimes it's been, you know, the case, sometimes I've been into straight guys, but it's been really rare. And only after they've made, uh, made a pass at me or something, you know what I mean? I was never into them because if they said they were straight, I believe them. Okay. They're straight. So I never was ever interested in them sexually or anything until they made a pass at me. And then there was a different story. Right. Um, so it's, it, it depends, but, um, generally speaking, I don't like straight guys because straight guys are not attractive to me. You know, straight, if you think about straight guys versus gay guys, think about what you're getting. You're th you get a straight guy. And I'm talking a really, a truly straight man, a truly straight man. Generally, I'm not saying always, of course, there's always exceptions. There's metrosexual men or whatever, whatever. But generally speaking, I'd say 90% of heterosexual men are like this. They're generally very just gruff and like not that bright and very kind of just like, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's the caveman, you know what I mean? And they're not, or they're exceptionally overcompensating for something like their masculinity or their penis is too small or, or they have no money and they're trying to get money and they're, they're stressed, you know? So it's always something with them. They don't really, really dress that well. They don't groom themselves that well. Typically speaking, they're not generally smelling that nice. They don't know anything about the things that I would know about generally that most gay men would know about as well. So it's not like they're all that appealing anyway, which is why probably a lot of girls fall in, you know, heterosexual women fall in love with gay guys because I mean, I can't blame them. <laughs> most straight guys are just oafs. Now I've met some that are great, nice, intelligent men. Of course they exist, but I'm saying the majority of the ones I've met would not be something I would ever be into in the first place. So 
straight men out there, you have nothing to worry about from me. I have no interest in you, believe me. Um, and the ones that I have had an interest in, as I said, made it clear that they weren't completely straight. So there you go. Um, I think I have anything else to say. Let me see if there's anything else I wanted to talk about. Um, um, no, let's see. I'll try to read it on this article, see if there's something on here I might want to talk about. Rosie O'Donnell says that she, by the way, um, in 1992 was going to come out, but she was stopped from coming out by, um, by, um, um, a cosmopolitan editor at the Meta magazine and said that it would be the worst mistake of her life, et cetera. And I don't know, I think being gay coming out and being gay, I think it's always the best choice is to be yourself and to just come out and not worry about what people think because it generally is almost always far worse in your head than the reality of doing so. So once you've come out, you're like, what the fuck was I so afraid of? You know, why was I so afraid of coming out? What was the big deal? Um, because you know, yes, there'll be people that will turn their, turn their back on you sometimes that if they didn't really love you in the first place or didn't care about you in the right way, um, there will be people that will turn their back on you, will, will even shun you and will, um, sometimes even hurt you or try to hurt you as a result of coming out. But oftentimes, and most of the time people eventually get over it if they have an issue initially and, um, once they realize you're the same person as you always were, then you're going to be okay. So I always say the best policy is just to be yourself, no matter who and what you are. Um, and despite people thinking otherwise sometimes because of people on certain networks, <laughs> uh, the truth is that I am exactly who I say I am. And if you want to check me out, feel free. Cause I'll be happy to show you. Uh, and so that's the way I live my life. And, uh, I haven't always, when I was younger, and very young, I, I was much more insecure. But as I got older, I remembered who I was and what my value and my worth was. I learned that and just, just determined, decided that I was just going to be myself and people didn't like me. Fuck them. And so that's how I live my life, at least for the past 15, 20 years, at least I'd say 20 plus years. So, um, and, and it's not always easy for people to live their lives that way, but it is, it is feasible for most people to do it. It's not easy, but it's possible. Um, and I promise you, you'll be much happier in the long run. So that's all I really wanted to say tonight. I just want to do a quick show. So thanks for listening to Brain Purge. I'll be back later in the week with Off Limits Show. And then later after that, probably Acoustic Mass and then back to Gay Mass next Sunday. And by the way, don't forget, we are, I mean, I am, I should say, interviewing, um, interviewing, um, Coco Peru, uh, the illustrious Coco Peru on March 2nd uh, on gay mass at 10 PM central. And then on March the 9th, I'm interviewing Jack McEnroth, um, at 6 PM or 7 PM central. So be sure to go to offlimitshow.com and, um, you can message me through the contact button if you like, or you can leave a message on 214-377-0481 and let me know any questions you may have for, uh, Jack or for Coco Peru. And I'll be happy to play those and ask those on the show, uh, when the show airs live. So thanks for listening everybody and have a great night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.